This Valentine's Day, Dunkin's got the perfect pairings to show your love. So get down on one knee with a dozen brownie batter donuts and a cocoa mocha signature latte. Or make them swoon with a strawberry dragon fruit Dunkin' refresher with a Cupid's Choice Donut. Are you ready for love? America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. People like Mahatma Gandhi, Martin Luther King Jr., Oprah Winfrey, Warren Buffett. What's the common denominator here? They were all avid readers and credited books which shaped their thinking and decision making. Education is the most powerful weapon which you can use to change the world. Hold your station, this education is relevant. The motivation through conversation is evident. We're talking spiritual body, mind, development. This is the manhood experiment. Before we continue, we need your help. We'd like to reach more like-minded people just like you and share our knowledge on personal growth, health, and success. So can you do us a favor and in your podcast app, hit the subscribe button and give us a five-star review and leave us an encouraging comment. Do it right now while you listen to this episode. That will help us know you're listening and that you care and that little action will help us reach more folks. Now back to our show. Hello and welcome to today's episode of The Manhood Experiment. I want to start with a quote. A reader lives a thousand lives before he dies. The man who never reads lives only one by George R.R. Martin. And in this episode, we're going to talk about books, specifically top books that have influenced our lives. This is an important topic because personal growth books, biographies, autobiographies can be powerful tools for self-improvement, helping you to develop new skills, gain self-awareness, stay motivated, and build stronger relationships. And by the end of this episode, you'll have a couple book ideas that can get you started in your personal growth journey. And I want to ask this question. People like Mahatma Gandhi, Martin Luther King Jr., Oprah Winfrey, Warren Buffett, what's the common denominator here? They were all avid readers and credited books which shaped their thinking and decision-making. Nelson Mandela in particular, he was known for his love of reading even during his many years of imprisonment. He believed that education was key to achieving freedom and used his knowledge to advocate justice and equality. Even after his release from prison, Mandela continued to read voraciously, saying, education is the most powerful weapon which you can use to change the world. His commitment to reading and learning was a testament to his belief of the power of education to transform individuals and society. Now, research has also shown that reading has both cognitive and emotional benefits. One study found that regular reading can slow the decline of cognitive abilities in older adults. Reading has also been linked to reduce stress, improve moods, and increase empathy, particularly when it comes to fiction reading. So we'll post the studies in the link below. But with that in mind, let's discuss some books we recommend. We won't go too deep in these books, but we'll give enough just so it can give you a taste and pique your interest. And these are all books that have influenced us in some way, Maybe it changed our lives. 
So let's do a check-in, a roundtable check-in. And for the listener, if you don't want to hear this part and you just want to jump straight into content, you could fast forward probably three minutes ahead or so. But let's do a check-in with the boys. And we have a special guest back today. It's Big Dreams. Big Daddy Dreams. Big Dreams in the house. Big Watch Dreams your mouth. in the house. What's good, yeah. y'all? Good to have you back. Oh, my gosh. I'm so happy to be back with these beautiful, amazing, talented men here talking about development, growth, speaking of growth and development. Baby boy is doing well. He's developing just fine. Ten fingers, ten toes. I was telling the boys, ten fingers, ten toes, and a great soul. That's all we mm-hmm. can ask for. Mama Bear is doing well. She's just resting up. Everybody's getting healthy. I got my mom, Dukes, in town helping us out, too. So, man, I'm, I'm happy to be back. Thank y'all for holding it down while I got to rest up. How y'all been? What's, what's new? Uh, T, Jay, what's up? Oh, that's good, man. First of all, just, just glad to hear everything's good, and you guys got all that extra love in the house, and we got that healthy, happy little king growing up. So, Yes, sir. It's amazing. Yeah, for me, uh, on my side, things are great. Still developing, getting used to these constant growing adjustments of daddyhoods. My mm-hmm. daughter's just developing the ability to scream. That's her way of being vocal. <laughs> and she knows it gets our attention. And she just laughs and she's giggling and screaming like crazy. So I can I might hear a little bit in the background here. But shout outs to the <laughs> the mama's moms or the grandmas. We got one in the household helping us for a couple of days yes. so we can get out and go do a little date night tonight. But yeah, things are good. I'm yeah, I'm, I'm excited to have you back and, and dive into this topic. Yes, sir. Great topic, T. How you feeling, man? How you been? Dreams. It's good to have you back. I've been following you on social media. You've been kind of quiet, but it's good to see your face. Good to hear everything is doing well. With me, I just got a new fitness plan from Jay last week. Okay. So started to implement that, but got super sick on Monday. So postpone mm. that plan to next week, but you got to adapt, man. You got to adapt. So, Man, you, you transform and you, you come back even stronger, right? Yep, mm-hmm. exactly. Well, I'm excited to see what, what books you guys got here. It's going to be funny if any of us have any of the overlay. Uh, yeah. Because so. we didn't tell each other no. which books we were bringing to the table. Exactly. We're just, just going to jump in and do it. And, you know, this idea came from Jay a while ago. He recommended a book, Green Lights, by Matthew McConaughey. And I just got mm-hmm. an Audible. And I was thinking, wow, it just we all have interest in books. Then we could share it. And the listeners will get a lot of value. So what we're going to do, we're going to do a round table. We'll have probably three rounds, depends on how much time we have. And so we'll probably start with Jay, we'll go Dreams, and then me, and then we do another round of books. So what we're looking to share with you, the listener, is what we like about these books, why we picked these particular books, and some of the lessons, one or two lessons from the book, just to pique your interest. So with that said, kick us off, Jay. Let's do it, baby. All right. So... I just wanted to say that I love the idea of hearing reviews from people because it's a way to absorb some nuggets. I think we always have big ideas out of books, but everybody interprets things and hit home and can resonate not only when we read the book at that time, but just different times in our life. I know you can go back and reflect. So I picked some classics that really, truly made an impact. And it's funny, the book summary thing is something that I mean, I, I've probably listened or read a thousand book summaries in my time because I was a subscriber to this really cool service called Philosopher's Notes. Uh, and so I just love this idea of it. And, I, and it got me into a habit of reviewing books and putting them in PDFs and going back and reflecting on them. So without further ado, 
all the titles are going to be funny to explain some context here. So the first book is called The Greatest Salesman in the World. And this book was referred to me by a good buddy of mine who actually had told a story. And this was like about 15 years ago or maybe, maybe longer, maybe 17 years ago, who said he had heard that Matthew McConaughey, this was a book that made an impact. He'd read it and do these lessons over and over again. The synopsis of the book is not as salesy related as you would think. Although I did a little sales in my time and I think that it's a good character building tool, whether you're knocking on doors or just building some tougher skin. The idea of this book is a similar synopsis of The Alchemist, which I read this before The Alchemist, but it's the story of a boy, Hafid, this poor camel boy who becomes the greatest salesman in the world going through all these different lessons. And he has a mentor, this Pathros is a mentor, he's kind of like a Socrates type of figure. And it's just a great fictional story that you can find yourself in and find you throughout the lessons. So imagine condensing all these lessons you learn in life over this little journey this guy has, similar to The Alchemist. But what really stood out about this book and why it made the biggest impact is through this journey that he was on, he ended up getting exposed to these 10 different scrolls that would all teach him a lesson for different things in life. And what's suggested with this book is so that these things are really conditioned well is as you're reading these scrolls, you journal them down and write them down. And I have probably written these scrolls, I mean, no lie, I mean, well over 150, close to 200 times. I'd go through months where I would do it every day. And imagine it, you're talking about like a page each scroll. But just to give you guys an example, there's one on developing habits and becoming a master of your emotions and making sure that your emotions don't control and dictate your life. There's one for always doing your best and bringing your your most effort and showing up and in love, loving your enemies and the people around you. Just about spreading a good message and becoming that ideal self that you would want to be. And one of the final scrolls that I loved so much was the one about taking action. And it's like all of my goals and intentions and everything that I have are meaningless without action. And so it was just a really fun fictional story that I could really visualize and see myself in. It's similarities to The Alchemist, but it's something to this day, every year when I have my journal, my passion planner, I take these 10 scrolls and I write them at the very end. So you guys can Google these and look up the scrolls if you want. But it's all about just conditioning yourself with these habits, kind of brainwashing yourself to have a better lens at how you view life and challenges. So that's my first book that had the biggest impact. It came at really good timing and I'll pass no, I, it on. I'm, I definitely just wrote it on my list of books to read. The author's Og Mandino by chance. So it's a sleeper. And it's funny, the book gets brought up in Green Lights by Matthew McConaughey, where in his oh, journal, nice. he actually references it. So it's funny. Nice. Okay. I have that book. It's been a while since I've read it. But yeah, I remember it. It's a pretty good book. It's a small book as well, too. Small book. Yeah. Big impact. Dreams, what do you have for us? Okay. Speaking of habits, a lot of people probably know this book. I don't read as much fictional as I used to uh, when I was younger. A lot of my books now are like self-help, autobiographies, and I still feel like they have a lot of impact just knowing that something also was real, right, that somebody endured. So those are the things that greatly impact me. My book, Speaking of Habits, is The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by none other than Stephen Covey. This book has definitely had an impact on me. I hope I said his name 
but it has different things that you would think. One, the title, because typically I'm looking for successful books. And I used to think I was looking for this book, always looking for seven habits of highly successful people. So it took me a while to actually find it. And the difference of just being effective outside of being quote unquote successful and what that looks like and what that means. It gives you about seven little pieces here to just seven nuggets to hold on to. One's just be proactive. Another one is begin with the end in mind. Another one is put first things first. I give you a little nugget about put first things first. There's a scenario in it to where he has this, not a secretary, but one of the people that work for his company and guys just killing it. He's very trustworthy. He could depend on him for everything. And he calls to his guy. He says, hey, I need you to change the schedule right now and put this on the list. Can you do that for me? He's like, great. He's like, well, I can. So he started with yes, which is something that I really thought was impressive. Yes, I can. He said, but I want you to consider that I have this, this, and this also on the list. Which one should I remove to do this? Instead of just telling him no and saying that I can't do it because it wasn't that he wasn't capable. It's just that the other things took priority. And those are also tasks that were assigned to him. I was like, that is a great way to help me prioritize my time and be more effective with how I communicate that. So just little nuggets that I could really apply to life. That's one of the things that I find so special about this book. It talks about being a business owner and having moral compass, being a business owner and having the values and your value statement for that company match what your employees are doing and what you live by day to day. So there's a few different nuggets that I think people would appreciate about this book. And he has tons of stories that he, you can connect to and little spills that would just kind of make you laugh and chuckle along the way, but you're still gaining this information. So that's one thing that I really love about this book. I think a lot of readers would also enjoy this one if you're looking for some self-help or how-to or self-development coaching. It's a great read. That's what I got for you. I love that. That's a classic one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's one of the classics. Sure. Oh, yeah. Yep. All right, let me go, and then we'll start round two. So a book that, this, and these are books that have influenced our lives in some way, and financially, there's this book called I Will Teach You to Be Rich by Ramit Sethi. And dreams, this is kind of up your alley. I'm writing it down. <laughs> a couple of things he spoke about in this book is, and he makes it for the people in their 20s or 30s as now starting to build their savings, what to do, you know, what to do with their money, their finances, how to leverage it. So one of the things he talks about is investing early. Sethi emphasized the importance of investing early and consistently he encourages readers to start investing as soon as possible, take advantage of the tax advantage retirement accounts like the mm. 401ks and the IRAs. Another big point of the book is, which is probably my favorite point from this book, it's automate your finances. Sethi believes that automating your finances is the key to achieving financial success. He encourages readers to set up automatic transfers from their savings and investment accounts. And also, he doesn't discourage credit cards. He says, use credit cards wisely to get the rewards and maximize mm -hmm. the points they give you. He goes into other things on how, for example, he does not believe in doubling down in every single purchase. You have to watch it and not buy mm -hmm. coffees or lattes. He says, like, focus on the big wins. Focusing on the big wins is more important than obsessing over small expenses. So he encourages readers to focus on reducing their largest expenses, 
you know, mm. such as housing and transportation, rather than worry about small purchases That's like true. lattes. And he talks about negotiation skills and how to maximize your earnings, how to approach an employer and negotiate your salary, how to call your gas company and to lower your bills. So he has these little cool things add on to that book. But overall, that book was an eye-opener and it was a, it's a solid foundation into financial success. So that's my book share. I think that's a great one. Yeah, I Will Teach You To Be Rich by Ramit Sethi. I've listened to, I have his guide that I downloaded and I've listened to a few of his interviews. He's a fun guy to listen to because yeah. he just... The way he explains and can break down some really complex topics into being really simple, like matter of fact, I think it's good. And you got to hear those things over and over again, I think, for them really to sink in. But it's right along the lines of all the budgeting stuff we were talking about. So that's a good one. You know, I got to check it out. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right. All right. So we got round two going way back. This author, Napoleon Hill, maybe some of you guys have heard of this guy. This was a book given to me by one of my my good buddies in college and a roommate of mine. And at the time we were slinging cell phones and he's like, this book's going to help you out. And the book that he gave me was actually called Succeed and Grow Rich Through Persuasion. But it was essentially a follow-up to Napoleon Hill's, like one of the best-selling self-development books of all time called Think and Grow Rich. And so this book had a massive impact on just a lot of aha moments in my life and things that I could really start to develop some good patterns in. It introduced me to the idea of what the positive mental attitude is. It's something that before I read this book, I subscribed to, but this really sunk in and I understood this a lot better after reading examples in this book. And to give you a breakdown, Napoleon Hill grew up in humble beginnings and he this was in the early 1900s. And he decided to dedicate his life to studying, quote unquote, successful people and creating biographies around them. You know, so think of Henry Ford. I've been trying to think of some of the other big icons behind like the steel business and just all kinds of big leaders of understanding like what do these people do differently? Who do they surround themselves with? And so The Positive Mental Attitude, it's one of the pioneer books when it comes to self-development. I loved that, you know, it helps people really reshift and expose the idea of what limited beliefs are. It just breaks down an example, like based on how you were raised and grew up, you look at things with a mindset, a frame, think of just like the only framework that you are aware of. And when you can realize that you can expand that by improving your relationships, having a clear definitive purpose, so it breaks it down into these different ideas. Um, masterminds, which now is another popular thing. It's, it's gotten more popularity in the last decade. But a mastermind was really just about a collective mindset of other people that are effective or successful people that you can bounce ideas off of and get support, whether it's just getting encouragement, helping you solve different problems. But ultimately, learning how to cultivate more positive thoughts and beliefs. And it was something that I read multiple times. And it just it helped me understand the struggles of what you need to go through as you're getting reps. And it's something that I reference a lot when I talk about, oh, we need to get our reps and we need to get our experience. It brought more clarity to the idea of having a definitive purpose and that we really truly can accomplish anything if we set that goal 
and are taking action, getting the people and the help and the support that we need, anything can be accomplished. And this provides a lot of really mm-hmm. fun examples. So I imagine a lot of you guys have heard of this one, but I've not actually. I've not heard of okay. this one. So this, right. is a, this is a first for me. So I'm I'm jumping in like mastermind. What's that? Okay. So really having mm-hmm. a collective mm-hmm. of people that you can say, hey, let's put these ideas together. Thoughts. Let me bounce these ideas or thoughts off of you. What do you think? Who also are maybe experts in their field or so that you could rely on, like a reliable opinion in a sense. Yeah. Okay. Essentially, in a way, this is yeah. a mastermind. We're kind of thinking out loud here as we yeah. expand different ideas. But I mean, some people will form a mastermind group of entrepreneurs or people in the tech business or whatever it is, and you get to be around them and focus solely on ideas to contribute and grow your business per se. So a lot of really good nuggets that a lot of these newer self-development books all borrowed ideas from him, which he got from traveling around for decades, studying all these other influential people at the same time. So it's pretty cool that these ideas, you know, have been around for years and some of this stuff's timeless. It's true. And some like the truth don't change, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. the truth don't change. Yep. It's always going to be the truth. So I, I like that. Hey, listeners, this is Big Dreams. And I just wanted to take a moment to thank you all for listening to today's episode of The Manhood Experiment. Please follow us on TikTok and Instagram at Manhood Experiment. There, you'll find the latest giveaways and some very funny behind-the-scenes moments. Now, back to the show. So, Jay, it's interesting that you chose a book that kind of centered around finances. Uh, Those are the type of books that also inspire me. My book is actually one that we've probably all heard before, Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. So, for me, I know this is like a classic. Like, I've had this book probably since I was, what, 17? Um, My mom gave me a hard copy of this book when I was just getting prepared for school and everything like that. And I never cracked the book open. So, finally, during the pandemic, I had this time to just really dive into a lot of great books. And I, you know, popped the book open and it was very insightful. It gave me a breakdown of just like different business styles the people that benefit most from taxes, the people that benefit most from different types of businesses. But one of the lessons that I took from it that was a little bit more low-key than a lot of the other lessons was the ability to look for opportunity in places that you typically wouldn't see it. I think that was the most profound lesson that I learned from this book. I'll give you a quick little scenario, a spoiler alert. (laughs) Uh, In a book, he's supposed to have a mentor. He has a rich dad which is actually his friend's dad. Then he has a poor dad, which is actually his father, his biological father. His biological father was more college educated, did all these things, superintendent, but he wanted to work in more of a normal job. His rich dad, his friend's dad, was very well educated, but more so in business and learning about business by doing business. He tries to do like a little internship or mentorship program for him. And the guy hooks him up with this job at a grocery store. So every day he's going to the grocery store, not working for anything, not even being paid to do this job. So finally he gets frustrated. He comes back to him and he says, hey, man, I've been doing this job forever and I'm not being paid. I get the same crappy work every day and you're not teaching me anything. So basically the lesson was closed mouths don't get fed. For one, you got a voice 
when you're uncomfortable about something. You got a voice when you want more. You got a voice when you are looking for the better opportunity and looking for the next opportunity. He said, what I wanted to show you is not necessarily how to just make money in this sense, but I wanted to give you a better tool, which was how to look for opportunity. So the next day he goes to work and he sees something he, he didn't see before, which was these magazines that were typically thrown out. So instead of throwing them out, he goes up to the guy, he says, hey, can I keep these magazines? He's like, yeah, well, as long as you don't resell the magazines, you can keep them. So he takes these magazines, him and his friend, and what they do instead of reselling them, they open a library to where kids could come in and read for like 10 cents for an hour and read as many books as they want. So technically they're not selling the books, but they're still making a profit off of fulfilling the need based on all these magazines that or comic books that kids would like to read, but they don't have the time or the money to buy each and every comic book. So just finding a way to fulfill the need, seeing opportunity where you typically don't see it. Those are the biggest lessons that I pulled from this book, which is why I was like, ah, oh, I don't know what took me so long to read this book. <laughs> this is great. But that's my Rich Dad, Poor Dad, but Robert Kiyosaki. If you haven't read that book, you need to take some time to do it. It's a great read mm-hmm. and it's a lot of insight. It's still timeless as ever. Yeah, it's yeah, still classic. timeless as ever. The truth always going to be the truth. Yeah. For employees, I think you should definitely pick that book up because he shows you how the difference between employees and people that own business and how the tax structures work for mm-hmm. people in businesses versus employees. And so it's a, it was a very, when I read it a, a few years ago, it was very insightful as well. So great pick. Big B, low B. Oh, what you got for us, T? I love this, man. Let's keep it going. All right. So my second recommendation is a book called U Squared, right? It's a very small book, very tiny book. You could read this probably in half hour. So I gave this book to a friend and I said, read this book for every day for 30 days. If you can, your life may change. Not guaranteed, but it may change. And it's one of those books that really have you think outside the box, and again, the book is U Squared by Price Pritchett. And one of the big lessons from this book is aim for breakthroughs instead of incremental improvements. You know, Pritchett emphasizes the importance of aiming for breakthroughs, which means quantum leaps that transcends limitations rather than just making small gradual improvements. So practically, what does that mean? So let's say you run a small business and you want to increase sales. You know, you could take the incremental approach by making small tweaks to your existing marketing, running a few more ads, offering a slight discount here and there. And that may lead to some small increase in sales. But to transcend, to to make a quantum leap, what that really might look like is something radically different and transformative, like revamping your products or services. You know, it could be extensive market research and finding new products based on trends. And honestly, I've been in business for a couple of years. And to really grow your business, you really have to think outside the box like that. So aim for breakthroughs instead of incremental improvements. That's one of the big lessons in that book. And he talks a lot about beliefs. One of the things he talks about is a chapter called Suspend Disbelief. Act as if your success is for certain. If you must Mm. doubt something, doubt your limits. So it's just like affirmations. Reading this, It's not a how-to book, but it's just affirmations. And it's so small. It's a book that is so tiny. You could read it in half hour or less, but you read it every day. And it's just like affirmations, affirmations, affirmations. So 
highly recommend that E squared book. It's not a known classic, but I like those though. I recommend Ooh, it. I'm putting on the list. I like that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You squared. You know, I can't believe you haven't recommended that. Come on, already. man. Jeez. How long have we been doing this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> man, I, no, I like that one a lot. Oh, wow. I'm, it piqued my interest. I'm like, knock it out. Quick book. A lot of affirmations. That's that's my love language, man. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> and I think when people say they don't have time to read and stuff, like, Keep this on next to your bed, you know, keep these small books, all of these books that you guys we've recommended are small books. Keep it next to your bed, you know, nighttime reading, just add yeah. it like a half hour before you go to bed. Can I add to that? I'm not even going to lie. A lot of the books that I've been reading lately have been through Audible or like I've been listening yeah. to these books. And for me, I can yeah. gain more Absolutely. from listening to a book at times than I can from reading. One, just because physically I have astigmatism. So words move on the page as I read. I can do it, but for long, my eyes, they literally will tire out. So listening to a book, I can do it on my way to work and do it on my way home. And I'm still getting the same information. But find a way to get this information. There's so many ways now. And we don't have as many excuses before because the technology is there. So mm-hmm. you squared. I agree to that. I think that the audio thing, especially when it comes to Audible, is something that you can do in passive time, whether you're going for a run or walking or in drives. And all that. And it's something that I love to do is read a book and then listen to it mm. and vice versa. But like I'm the same way. I, I think I pick up things really well when I'm listening to them. And I've heard a way, this was recommended by somebody, if you listen to an audiobook while you're reading, it's supposed to just... You gain like, both. Like just, it's a force. It's powerful. Multiplier. I've done that before, yeah. Yeah. And I think if you have some really good content, it's worth diving there and, and, and rereading but I have a handful of audiobooks that I've listened to multiple, multiple mm-hmm. times. And the one that this next book is one of those. You know, I originally bought the book and I listened to it five times probably. So I'm going to jump in my final book of at least three of them that made a big impact. You know, caught my attention well over a decade ago. I was, I was walking. I remember being in, um, in Hermosa Beach, California. And there's this little like gift shop and the title of the book just caught my attention. I was walking by and like stopped. I was like, well, what is it? I'm going to take a picture so I remind myself to pick this book up. So I didn't get it at the time. I ended up getting it when I got back home because I was just on a trip. And the book, it's called You Are a Badass. <laughs> you know, and I don't know if you guys have read this. I've not, but I love the title. But I, like I saw it in this book. <laughs> I said, the book is speaking to me. I said, I know. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for noticing. So the book just caught my attention and I just browsed it really quick. I was, thank you to my ADD that, that caught that, but... The title is fun and it backs it up. It's written by Jen Sinchiro, who actually, she's a comedian. Mm. So she has a very fun, witty sense of humor as she's writing it. But it's the first book that I ever read that kind of has almost like satire, like making fun of the self-help mm. world, but at the same time, like accepting it. And I was like, oh, I really like this vibe because some of the stuff can be a little bit mm. cheesy. It's like, you know, look yourself in the mirror and say, I like myself. I love myself, this and that, which <laughs> there's value in and all that stuff as well. Don't get it twisted. But this you are a badass. What it reminded me of was not to take this whole thing too serious. You know, at the same time, get serious with the shift that can happen and what you need to do to be able to gain these skills. But it opens up by her explaining, very relatable, like, hey, I've barely getting by renting room out of a garage, kind of dead end jobs that were very ungratifying. 
and leveling up her life. But that's the whole time she's narrating. She's like, I didn't think this was going to work for me. And it's like, wow, this is a different taste. Usually you're hearing all this stuff that pumps you up and it's all about confidence and everything. And she, it just felt so real how nervous she was. And she ended up seeing this seminar for like self-help, which she kind of thought was bogus, but it spoke to her and she wanted to take this risk and she needed to borrow money to do it, to go to it, which is such a risky thing. But no risk it, no biscuit, as we've been saying for a long time now. And that was a big shift in her life and getting to believe and take these different steps. And so it really broke down just the idea of the importance of taking action towards your goals once you get clear on them. And then we mentioned the limiting beliefs thing before and embracing your own greatness, like really getting in touch with your ideal self. Like what does that person look like? Visualizing, using some of the affirmations and really trying it on. And it's like in a fun way, like, hey, I didn't think this stuff was going to work, but it actually works. And that's what you get the message out of it, of taking those risks, facing your fears, embracing failure as opportunities for growth and getting outside of your comfort zone. Kind of just like if you're not going to do it, like what type of life mm. is this? You know, and I, what I took from it was kind of this idea of like, imagine you're in a movie right now. Like, is this a movie that would be entertained that people would want to go watch or you'd be proud of like gathering everybody at the end of it? Like, let's just watch this movie. Or like, could you take responsibility of being the director, the producer, the the casting director, all these and change up the plot? Like, how would you make this worth watching right now? And why are you not doing that? I like that. So that's a nice metaphor. It's a fun one. Listening to it. She's got a fun tone to listen to. So. Um, I highly recommend it. And what's the name of that book again? You Are a Badass. You Are by... a Badass by Jen Sincero. Okay. You know what? Your next book should be No Risk It, No Biscuit. <laughs> no Risk It, No Biscuit. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah, there you go. That's, That's your book title one. right there. I can see you doing that, mm-hmm. making that work. Yes, sir. You could even like incorporate yeah. like food in there as well with the biscuit. I see that. Uh huh. See, like we have a, a mastermind. <laughs> yes, T. See, this is a mastermind yes, here. I just, I just forming right here. There you go. Speaking of a mastermind, so my next book, I like a lot of nonfiction books. So this one here, and typically I said I know I've been doing Audible, but I read this book physical copy when I was back in D.C. on the metro every day, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. I got through it. And it is the autobiography of Malcolm X. I know everybody may have their own opinion of who X was and, you know, what he stood for. But I love that they didn't just talk about the pieces that people know about Malcolm X. They talked about before he became Malcolm X and when he was incarcerated and not for being incarcerated for protesting or anything like that, but because he was he was a hustler at one point. And one thing that they showed, though, as a young man just how one person's life was affected and how one thing that could affect you could translate into another construct of your life that you're working through, that you're trying to figure out, that you're trying to understand. So it gives more of a natural, uh, relatable perception of who he was and how he got to these places and how when he was in prison, he went through this transformation of searching for self. Like you said, he read a lot, like similar to Nelson Mandela you were talking about early T. He began to read and feed his mind with just books and educating himself. So, but before then, like I told you, he had this skill that I really liked. They showed this skill when he used to run numbers for like this little lottery that he would pull. He would go out on out there and they called him Red because he had red hair. 
and he would just memorize all these numbers. Somebody would come up and, hey, I want to play a number. He's like, what do you want to play? 45. Okay, he would remember the person and remember the number that they wanted to play. And imagine having 20 people do this, and he never had to write anything down. I just thought that was an amazing little skill that he had that translated into his ability to break large concepts, like you were saying, Jay, into simple, chewable, bite-sized pieces that people can digest when he became a minister. So all these things kind of added to who he was. The most beautiful part about this to where, you know, a lot of people know Malcolm X as, as a radical. He finally took his trip to Mecca, right? So he gets to this trip to Mecca. And on this trip, he sees white people. He sees black people. He sees Muslims with blue eyes, with green eyes, and everybody's walking hand in hand. And he realizes, oh, this is the true piece of what the Islamic religion or religion of Islam is about to where what he thought he was learning was the only way. So just showing that like how exposure could really be transformational or transformative for any person, no matter how long you've been believing something this way, it's never too late to change your perspective and change your mindset on what is true and what is peace. Sadly, before he got to come back and really start pushing this new light that he received from his trip to Mecca, you know, he was assassinated. But just knowing that piece, I take it to myself is I don't want to wait to my last few moments to give my best self and to find what the real truth is that I've been looking for, that I've been searching for. How can I impact people today that will make me a better person? How can I impact people today that I have a lasting impression of positivity and love and those type of vibes. So that's that's what I gained from the book overall. But it has so many little nuggets that I think a lot of people would enjoy reading. No matter what your religion is, it's a great book. Autobiography of Malcolm X. That's my last one. I love that. I read that book when I was 20 years old and I was inspired mm-hmm. by watching the Denzel Washington movie. And his yes. name, original name was Malcolm Little and he changed his name to Malcolm X. And when he did that, it was a change of identity of his old beliefs into his new belief system. And just very, very powerful book. Amazing quotes. Uh, we didn't land on Plymouth Rock. Plymouth Rock landed on us. Rock, you, know, so, <laughs> you know, so Denzel played a yeah. good part. But the book is probably even more powerful when you read the book. It has a lot more detail. Yeah. Like we were saying before, you could listen uh-huh. to something or you could watch the yeah. movie of it, but the book, reading the book is going to yeah. always have a lot of details that you can't put in a yeah. two-hour movie, Yep, you know? So let me jump into my last book. I'll make it quick, and then we'll have yes, the experiment sir. and wrap up there. So my last book is called Having It All. This was a book by John Asraf. He was a mentor of mine. I worked with him a few years ago. It's a New York Times bestselling book. It's such a good book because it covers the basics. I'm writing it down. Yeah, having it all. And one of the first things he talks about is clarity of vision. Asaraf emphasized the importance of having a clear vision for what you want to achieve in your life. He encourages readers to identify their goals and to visualize themselves already having achieved it. Another thing he covers is mm-hmm. overcoming self-limiting beliefs. He says self-limiting beliefs hold us back from achieving our goals. He encourages readers to identify their limiting beliefs and to replace them with positive, empowering beliefs. So one is the goals, but the other is the beliefs, right? 
another thing he talks about is consistency and persistence. He emphasizes the importance of consistency and persistence for achieving success. Take action every day, even in small steps. And one of the biggest lessons he spoke about too is taking personal responsibility. And he was at a very young age, in his teenage years, like 17 years old, he was getting in trouble a lot in his life. He was selling drugs, hanging wrong people, and he almost got uh, serious incarcerations, arrested. But he got away from a lot bigger trouble. And one of the things that he says that really struck me is taking personal responsibility for self, for your life, mm-hmm. and for your goals. So in order to make that transformation, one is he found a mentor that really helped him, but it was about taking that personal mm-hmm. responsibility. So overall, it was a great book about having a clear vision, overcoming self-limiting beliefs, and he shows you how to do those things, how to have consistency and persistence, how to have mindset shifts, the actual practical how to do these things and personal responsibility. So I like that. It's a simple book, but it teaches you the foundations of personal growth, achieving goals and all that good stuff. Because for a lot of people, it's not always like we know what we need to do, right? Sometimes it's, well, how do we do it? So you having a book, what we would call it, quote unquote, a how-to book that really kind of breaks it down. I would be interested in reading that myself. I've definitely added about four new books to my list today. (laughs) And so, again, I just want to highlight for the listeners, people, again, like Matt McGandy, Martin Luther King Jr., Warren Buffett, they were all avid readers and they credited books that are shaping their thinking and their decision making and changing their life. Nelson Mandela, we spoke Mm -hmm. about too. We spoke about Malcolm X. So figure out some time. The experiment is pick one book, at least one book from this list we recommend, whichever one resonated with you the most, and go read it. It might be you could get it on Audible or you could get it on Kindle or you could get it just a physical copy. It's so easy these days to get books. And figure out some time, whether it's in a day or I like to do a little bit of reading just before I go to bed. It kind of like settles my mind. So figure out a time, place, and that one book that you can commit to this year that you said, okay, this is a book I, I want to finish at least one book this year. Maybe you are you read a lot, but just one book that you got from this list and share it with us on Instagram at Manhood Experiment or just drop us a message. And so, yeah, that's it. Any last comments? Anything? Jay? Jay Dragon? No, I, I dig it. I think books are funny things where it's like I could think of 50 influential books that I pulled things from and it's like hard to pick one because I can think of so many books that like I took a message from and I think that it's just a reminder of the power that's in reading ideas and we get this knowledge and wisdom at a discounted rate which any other time in life you don't get that you know like you got to pay the price greatness doesn't get discounted Mm -hmm. yeah so like the alchemist you see lessons right there and I think what reading does for me it gives more context to your conversations it allows you to be more knowledgeable about topics. And like you said, that was a great quote you started us off with, T, was a reader lives at like a thousand lives or something like that. I love that. A thousand lives before he dies. The man who never reads lives only one. That's a great yeah. way to end this show, man. I love that. All right, y'all. <laughs> All right. See you on the next episode of The Manhood Experiment. MHE. Boom. We out. Hey, what's up? This is Big Dreams. Thank you for checking out today's episode of The Manhood Experiment.
If you like today's episode, please subscribe and give us five stars. Not only does your feedback matter, but it helps us to connect with others just like you that find value in our weekly episodes. So subscribe, share, and speak with your friends and family about today's episode. And most importantly, take care of yourself, keep growing, and join us again on the next episode of The Manhood Experiment.